I didn't know it was my turn. So it is my turn. Hey, so glad to be with you today. I've been around the country. I was in Nashville last weekend and couldn't get out. I mean, the snow and ice and finally got to Phoenix and then finally got back here. So it's been uh, quite a day or quite a week, I guess. It's good to be with your pastor. He was in Albuquerque and uh, we have mutual friends. And it's good to be in East Texas and uh, the pretty part of Texas. You know, most of Texas, not very pretty, is it? Uh, I'm a Texan, I can say that, but East Texas is pretty. You got real trees, real, real beauty here. Most of you know, I'm not a real preacher. Like you had a real preacher last night. I'm not, I'm a psychologist by training. Anybody know what a psychologist does? You know, yeah, you lay on the sofa and talk about your mother and that kind of stuff, you know. If it's, and by the way, if it's not one thing, it is your mother. But we're not going to do that today. Uh, uh, people say, you know, I, I, part of my life was in a mental health clinic. That's where I worked. Uh, I, I left the mental health clinic. One reason I left, I couldn't tell the staff and the patients, except the staff had the keys. Other than that, I couldn't tell a whole lot of difference. The patients, the staff seemed to have as many problems as the patients did. So I've had a unique life. One week I worked at the mental health clinic. Next week I worked at a Baptist church. People say, was that a big adjustment? I say, no, the staff still had the keys. But other than that, I can't tell a whole lot of difference sometimes. But I'll be honest with you. I just got tired of being a psychologist. I got tired of listening. I just got tired of saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I can understand how you feel that way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, I reached a point where I thought, why am I doing the listening and they're doing the talking? I mean, I, I got a PhD. I know stuff. They're seeing a psychologist. They know nothing. Why don't I do the talking and why don't they do the listening? Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? It wasn't a good idea. It, 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 it wasn't a good idea at all. It, it didn't go well. Uh, the guy would say something like this. The reason I'm a loser is because my dad was an alcoholic. And I'd say, well, there's another way of looking at it. Maybe your dad's an alcoholic because you're a loser. I mean, there's another way of looking at it. <laughs> People won't pay for that, you understand. They won't pay for that, you know. So I decided to move on, and now I get to, I get to talk for a living. The best way I can explain what I do is this. How many remember when the only thing you had to play with was the outside? Anybody remember that? The outside. Mom would say, go outside. Go, go play in the ditch. You know, uh, 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 I, uh, uh, now you got everything in the world. You know, you got uh, my grandkids. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's easy to travel with my grandkids. My kids, were, it was tough. I mean, because what do we have? The outside. That's the only thing we have, the outside. So you get going on a trip. You, you got the outside. So what do you do? You count cows. Remember that? Some of this is going to sound like the History Channel, some of you, but just listen, okay? Uh, uh, you, 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 count, you count letters in the, you know, in the signs. You know, you count Volkswagens. Remember that? You, kind of, you got more points if there's a black Volkswagen. It, I mean, and then after about 100 miles, you're done. I mean, you, you, you counted everything you can count outside. You know, but they're still in the car, right? So they're saying things like, she's breathing my air, you know, stuff like that. You know, I used to tell my wife, any trip over 100 miles, I know why animals eat their young, because this is tough. This is hard. Yeah. But traveling with my grandkids is a piece of cake. I mean, just get them in the car, and they do this the whole time. You just do, you know, this whole time, you know. They just look at that phone, you know, and the whole time. And then we're here, oh, good, and they get out, you know. Uh, I told my grandson the other day, why don't you... Uh, Come over to the house, we'll have some quality time. I'll watch you stare at your iPhone. You know, just have a little, little, little quality time here. Uh, uh, but when I was a kid, the only thing we had was the outside. By the way, I am a grandpa. I got 11, 11 grandkids. How many grandpas and grandmas you got in here today? Uh, uh, grandkids, there, there. But now, I mean, the whole world has changed. I mean, he, when we had our first grandchild, my wife looked at me and says, I'm never going to be a grandma. I'm never going to be. Nobody's going to call me grandma. I'm not going to be a grandma. What are you going to be? She said, I'm going to be a Mimi. A Mimi? What is a Mimi? What am I going to be? PP? I, I, don't, what I, don't, get, I don't get it. You know? uh, well, my wife is a Mimi, you know, but I'm Papa, all right? I'm not be PP. I'm Papa. So, uh, so when I was a kid... Uh, 
The only thing we had was the outside, so we played marbles. How many remember marbles? You old enough remember marbles? You know, had, you had to, had to name them. You know, I named my marbles, roly-poly, steely, black beauties, marbles, you know. Well, my dad was a Baptist preacher, so I grew up in the parsonage. I mean, I, I literally slept on the second pew. We had no nursery. I, I lived at church. That's, that's how I grew up. That's, that's why I became a psychologist, by the way. And so uh, I, uh, I lived at the church. My dad was a Baptist preacher, so he said you could play marbles, but you can't play for keeps. Anybody remember that? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You grew up in a Baptist family. You play marbles, can't play for keeps, too much like gambling, right? Can't, can't, can't do it. And, and you know, I, I understood because I'm, I'm Baptist, you know. No fun if you're a Baptist. You can't do it. If it, you know, if it tastes good, spit it out. You know, if it's fun, you can't do it. You know, I, I, uh, I grew up Baptist. I'm Baptist born, Baptist bred when I die. I'll be Baptist dead. I get it. Okay, so, uh, so I, I'm a kid, though. What do I do? I play marbles and I play for keeps. I mean, I'm a kid. I disobey. That's what I do, you know. And so after a while, I realize I've lost my marbles. <laughs> I've lost my marbles. Well, how, well, how am I going to get my marbles back? Well, I got to tell the truth. I got to go back to my dad. I got to tell him I disobeyed and I lost my marbles. And that's what I did. I went back to my dad. My dad was a good dad, and he would go confront the, the guy, bully, because there's always some bully in the neighborhood and cheat and steal. Just steal your marbles, you know. So you'd have to go back. Bully's got your marbles. Had to go back to the bully and say, you know, you cheated. You got to give him, give him marbles back. Sometimes you have to go to the bully's dad and get him to give the marbles back. And that's what I do. I go around the country, and lots of people, well, how can I put this? You've lost your marbles. You've lost your marbles. And I'll tell you how good your heaven, heavenly Father is, and you, and, and you, you got you to tell the truth now. You got to say you disobeyed. You know, you got you to face it to fix it. And if you tell the truth and go back to your heavenly Father, you can get your marbles back. That's what I do. I go around the country, and we try to get a few marbles back. So we're going to try to get a few back today, all right? We can't get all of them. They just give me like 35 minutes, but we, we, get, we get as much as we can. Uh, here's what the Bible says. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I, I like to translate this some, sometimes this way. Come unto me, all ye who work and have been worked on, and I'll give you rest. Sometimes you go out there in the world, and sometimes you work, sometimes you get worked on, right? I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I promise you, my friend, I've studied about all the psychotherapies you can study. There's about 350 of them out there, you know. And when it comes to rest for your souls, the world has a very limited strategy. <laughs> it's kind of like that Coast Guard school off the coast of Florida. They tell you what to do if you're in the water and a shark comes. If you're in the water and a shark comes, here's what they say. Take your leg and jam it down that shark's mouth and just do as much damage as possible. And then they always smile and say this, but you can only do that twice. <laughs> now that's a very limited strategy, you understand. Jesus has an unlimited strategy. Matter of fact, Jesus even says, I can give you rest for your souls. And he says this, learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow. He said, are you sure that's in there? <laughs> I want to preach a message sometime, just who stole the easy yoke? I, I mean, why have we made it so hard? Why, why have we got to the point where Christians seem to be the one in the bad mood all the time? You know, how, how, did, how did all that happen? You know, the world will grow not by conviction, but it'll grow first by connection. Healthy things grow not by promotion, but by attraction. The church will not grow. People will not come to Christ until we realize we don't actually preach the message. We are the message. And once we understand that, 
then things start to happen. And that's the path that God has for us. So I want to talk to you today and try to encourage you in finding the path that leads not only to the best life possible for you, but that will attract many people into the kingdom of God. Now, let me tell you about life, how it works. You have what's called an atom suit. That's your body. That, that's, that's, that's not you, but it takes you around everywhere you go. And you cannot do anything, even spiritual things, without this body. And the more you can redeem this body, the better life you're going to have down here on earth. Matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a huge cowboy fan. They're actually going to be pallbearers at my funeral, so they can let me down one last time. Uh, now, we had a coach named Tom Landry. Here's what Tom Landry said. My job as a coach is to make guys do what they do not want to do in order to accomplish what they've dreamed of doing all their lives. That's not just the job of a coach. That's the job of a parent. That's the job of a pastor. That's the job of a teacher. That's your job. Your job is to make your Adam suit do what it does not want to do so you can accomplish what you've dreamed of all your life. Because let me tell you about your Adam suit. It does not want to act better, it wants to feel better. It does not want to uh, plan, it wants a pill. It does not want education, it wants medication. It does not want clarity of what to do, it wants comfort, so it'll feel better. It does not want to do goal-achieving things, it wants to do tension-relieving things. That's your Adam suit, and that's my Adam suit. And by the way, you'll discover at the end, of this message, you never can redeem your Adam suit. God's got to kill it to get you into heaven. You can't redeem it. Uh, you say, well, wait a minute. I, we're the good group. We're here on Sunday mornings. You know, we, we got our Adam suit pretty much under control. <laughs> no, you don't. Apostle Paul, greatest Christian ever lived. Here's what he said about his Adam suit. Things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. That's not a teenager. That's the greatest Christian that ever lived. So if you think you got, you got problems with your Adam suit. Now, here's the problem. Not only do we have this Adam suit, we have an upward call of Christ, but we've got a downward drift with our Adam suit, but we live in a world that's a Ponzi scheme. The world, matter of fact, God's not going to redeem the world either. He's going to destroy it. But the world is always trying to get you to do stuff, you know, that'll make you feel better in the short term. And so... The world's a Ponzi scheme. The world says you can have this without that. And, and actually, you can for a while. Unfortunately, by the time the that shows up, you're usually addicted to the this. Let me see if I can illustrate that. I'm in, I'm in airports a lot. And these airports have these people movers. And whoever's working the camera, get ready to go, okay, because we're going to move a little bit up here, okay? Uh, Oh, wake up. We're going to move. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm in the airport and these people movers, I like them because they're moving the same way you're going. How many have seen a people mover in an, in an airport? Okay. You know what I'm talking about. It's moving and you're moving. I mean, you're going and man, you're late for flight, man, you go and they go. Man, I like those people movers. They make progress. But it's usually late at night, 10 or 11 o'clock. Airport's almost deserted. And there's a ball team of some kind, usually, like, let's just say 18-year-old males, right? Any 18-year-old males in here? Any 18-year-old males? Okay, uh, this will be for you. Uh, uh, anybody living with an 18-year-old male? This is really for you. Uh, see, 18-year-old males, uh, and, and, and they're on a team of some kind. And 18-year-old males, let me tell you about them, their body has totally matured, okay? They got muscles, and they're, they're as tall as they're ever going to be, and, and their body totally matured. Their brain has not totally matured. So you got a totally mature body and an immature brain, all right? Uh, 
And this body, because the world's a Ponzi scheme, wants to do what people tell it it cannot do. You know, so they, they want to do things like, they say things like, let's ride on top of the pickup cab at 70 miles an hour and see if we can hold on to the windows. You know, uh, stuff like that. You know, uh, they, uh, they say things like this. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm joining the Marines. You know, stuff, that's what they say. Stuff like that. Uh, uh, now, here, here's the problem with an 18-year-old male. Not only is their body matured and their brain has not matured, they now have a hormone shooting through this body called testosterone. And when this hormone shoots through a mature body and an immature brain, the scientific word for this hormone is stupid juice. <laughs> and they decide, we're in the airport late at night, they decide to go down the people mover the wrong way. Why? Because we can. <laughs> we're young and we got muscles and we have Stupid juice flowing throughout our veins. And they can. They can actually go down the wrong way. And some of these things are like, you know, 300 yards long. But they can do it. You know, go the whole way. And then they get to the end. And they start high-fiving each other. We did it. We went the wrong way. Look at us. The wrong way. Wrong way. We did it. And they don't realize they're still standing on the people mover. <laughs> and it's taken them all the way back to where they started. I've worked with thousands of people. I've watched thousands of people. There's a lot of people. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. I don't care what God says. I'm going to smoke it, I'm going to smoke it, I'm going to drink it, I'm going to drink it, I'm going to eat it, I'm going to eat it. And you can for a while. But you run into those same people five years later, ten years later, and they're right back where they started. Just like that people mover takes those teenage boys right back to where they started. You can get away with it for a while, but then life becomes miserable. So we got this Ponzi scheme, always saying you can have this without that. And unfortunately, by the time the that shows up, the this pretty much has control and has messed up your life. So we have to understand God has a path for us. The Bible says it's like a light like a light. I'm in hotel rooms a lot. I'm in more hotels than Gideon's Bible. I mean, I'm in lots of hotels. I was speaking in Houston, and the power went out. I'm in a hotel room, totally dark. I am banging myself. I am hitting myself. I can't even find the bathroom. I forget which side of the room is it on, you know. Uh, miserable living like that. The book says that's what it's like without Christ and without his light. It's like walking in the dark. You look at people and say, well, man, how did you fall over that? You know, well, it's dark. That's how he fell over it. You know, you don't have any light. Now, the Bible gives us light to live that life God had in mind when he created us. So he gives that, that path, that path of life that means you can have the very best life possible. That's why God says it's an easy yoke. It fits you perfectly. It, it's the way to live the very best life possible because you got the light. You could accomplish so much understanding God's way. Now, remember, you still got your Adam suit. You can't redeem it. You still going to mess up. Uh, I mean, you're made of dirt. Remember the disciples? I mean, they couldn't even pray with Jesus. I mean, he'd come back and he'd sleep it again, you know. 
We give disciples a hard time. That's your Adam suit. That's you. You'd be sleeping too. I mean, you know, that's just our Adam suit. It's it's the weakness that we have. So, remember, it doesn't show up for a while. And the world is always thinking you can get away with it. You can get away with it. It's like my wife and I were speaking in Mobile, Alabama. I was just about to close the curtain when the hot light on the Krispy Kreme came open, you know, just boom, like a sign from God, you know. How many have ever had a Krispy, how many have ever had a Krispy Kreme donut? Okay, if you, if, you, if you haven't, it's like hot fried sugar. I mean, it's like amazing. Uh, uh, so, light, hot, I tell my wife, look, hot light on the Krispy Kreme, sign from God. Let's get some exercise and walk down to the Krispy Kreme. Now, here's what your Adam suit does. Your Adam suit lies to you. It's called rational lies. It's lies that you tell yourself to get what your Adam suit wants. See, so you rationalize it to get it. Remember, that's why it's always, you know, when we're going on this diet after this last pizza, you know, after we do this, we're not going to do that again. But again, we say that again. And, and so, so rationalize, let's get some exercise, go to the Krispy Kreme. We go down the Krispy Kreme, guess what? Cheaper by the dozen. It's a virtue to save money, isn't it? Let's save money by the dozen. Another rational lie. And that's when I realized I could eat eight Krispy Kreme donuts by myself. I mean, it's just hot fried sugar, it melts in your mouth. And guess what? No consequences, just pure pleasure. Didn't have to change my belt, my coat, anything. No consequences, just pure pleasure. Unfortunately, consequences show up later. I mean, you get on a scale. It says one at a time, please. I mean, you're going to get big. (laughs) Now, I I wouldn't have to go around the country telling people how to live if things happened immediately. If things happened immediately, you could handle it, right? I mean, what if you took a bite of Krispy Kreme? And fat went, it go good night. Did you see? Did you see that fat jump out of that? That thing's a powerful thing. I, I don't know. I don't even want to get close to that. <laughs> you see, first you have it, then it has you. Matter of fact, there's a verse in the Bible, it's not a very pretty verse. It says, like a dog returns to its vomit. That habit that you don't want to do, you still end up doing. It, it, in a way, it is kind of like a dog, actually. Uh, you ever been to somebody's house where the dog control the house? I, I, I mean, you, you get to the house and the dog is waiting at the door, you know? And, and, and you, you're, you're trying to talk to the people and get the dog away, and he's just licking you, and he get away from me, dog, you know? And finally, you sit down. You know, you're going to have dinner or something. You think, man, finally sit down and get away from that dog. And that dog is on your leg trying to get your food, you know, and I'm trying to get away from that dog. I'm trying to eat. Get that dog away from me. And then they say something like this. Is the dog bothering you? I would like to say one time, evidently this is a C&I dog because you're totally blind. Uh, (laughs) Yes, the dog is bothering me. Do something about the dog. And then they say something, well, that's how the dog shows affection. (laughs) I've been to people's houses. They have a dog, but they control the dog. They tell it when to sit, they tell it when to get, and it's a pretty reasonable existence. That's the way it is with your Adam suit. You better control your Adam suit. 
If you don't, at first you'll have it, then it will have you. Okay. So, what is this path that we're talking about? P stands for people. The way you grow and the important thing in life is relationships. Matter of fact, I've worked with thousands of people. I've worked with billionaires and millionaires and presidents of companies and Dallas Cowboy. I've worked with all kinds of people as a psychologist. And let me just tell you this. Doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter how many houses you have, if you're not happy in your relationships, you are not happy. Doesn't matter how big a boat you have. It's the people that are in the boat with you. Relationships are key. Matter of fact, the Bible says this in Genesis. It says, it's not good for man to be alone. You read any psychological profile of anybody that does anything strange, weird, perverted, you'll usually see the phrase, this person was a loner not good to be alone. In a bit strange, weird, perverted. That's why God created marriage. That's why God created the family. That's why God created the church. This is the family of God. This is the safety net so no one would be alone. So we all could be around each other. That's why with this COVID epidemic, that's why people are having so many mental health issues. Why? Because you can't be around the people that will encourage you and hold you accountable to be the person that God had in mind when he created you. You need those people in your life. You're going to find out there's some, there's some hills in life you can't get down by yourself. Just can't get down by yourself. My wife, uh, she loves snow skiing. I mean, she just took up snow skiing just like that. I did not do well snow skiing. It was like a contact sport for me from the beginning that did not have airbags. You know. Uh, so when Every somebody wanted to do a ski marriage retreat or ski leadership conference, my wife would say, book that one. We're going to do that one. Let's book that one. It's because she knew she'd go into Vail or whatever and get to ski, you know. And I would think, let's don't go. But she said, oh, I love to ski. Let's go. So we were doing this ski leadership conference. And I skied the first day, and it was awful. By, by the way, how many have ever been snow skiing like in Colorado? If you've never been, I'll give you some exercises just to get ready before you go. Take some gloves and put them in water, soak them, and then put them in the freezer for like 24 hours. <laughs> and then put your hands in those gloves and just wear them around for a couple of days frozen like that. That'll almost get you ready, but not quite. Then find some stairs and run up those stairs and then come down without your feet. Just boom, 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 boom. And then run up there again and boom, 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 boom. Do that about four or five times and you'll almost be ready, but not quite. Then find a wall and just run into the wall. Just <laughs> run into the wall. And the wall will knock you down. It'll knock you down. Uh, and then when you're trying to get up from being knocked down by that wall, have somebody put ice down your back. Put ice down your back. <laughs> lots of ice down your back. You know? And then as they're doing that, give them lots of money. Oh, here's lots of money for doing that. Lots of money. Well, you understand, I didn't do well skiing. So I decided to sit in a hot tub. Sit in a hot tub. Uh, and... Uh, my wife comes by and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking the day off. I'm sitting in the hot tub. She says, you're the leader. You can't take the day off. Yeah. I said, well, I had a bad day yesterday. I'm sore. She said, how can you be sore? You jog two miles a day. I said, when I jog, I very rarely run into trees. <laughs> and I very rarely just fall down. But I ran into trees and I fell down and I'm very sore and I'm not going. And then she starts quoting me, you know, like you got to face it to fix it and all this stuff that I tell people. And I don't like to hear my stuff myself. <laughs> so she gives me that disgusted look. You know that disgusted look? You old ladies go to some school to perfect those disgusted looks. <laughs> so she gives me like disgusted look 21, you know, and she leaves. Well, I'm in the hot tub and the some of my friends come by and they say, man, 
taking the day off? I said, yeah. I, did. I said, well, yeah, we heard. We heard it's pretty bad. I said, yeah, it was pretty bad. They said, look, why don't we just help you today? Let's make it all about you. You know, let's, let's just help you. You know, help Charles Day. I said, well, yeah, you'll kill me. Said, no, we'll help you. You know, so finally they, I, they convinced me they're going to they're gonna help me. So I get out of the hot tub and, you know, an hour later, it takes an hour to put that stuff on. And then, then you got to go to the bathroom. It takes another hour to take it off. But I get all the stuff on. And, and they are, they're trying to help me. They, they take me uh, like on the small little ones, you know, like they got easy greens and easy blues. And they got sweet names like Peter Rabbit Run and Pete's Blossom Hill. And, 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 and they're, you know, I, I'm on Peter Rabbit Run and Pete's Blossom Hill and I'm just having fun. And, and then we make a turn and we're on a black slope and there's nowhere else to go. And we're looking straight down. And by the way, when they get to the black slopes, it's not Peter Rabbit Run or Peach Blossom Hill. It's like Casket Runaway, you know. Uh, <laughs> or like Paul Bear's Peak, you know, which, which, is, which is just camouflage for you're gonna see Jesus. I mean, it, you're gonna die. Yeah. So I'm looking straight down. I'm going to die. I'm confessing sins. I just thought about doing, you know, uh, I thought of your pastor. I'm confessing some of his sins. I mean, I'm just, I'm going to die. I'm surrendering to foreign missions, you know, I'm going to die. I am going to die. And then a buddy of mine, expert skier over to the right says, Charles, don't look down. Make your little S's ski over to me. Don't look down. Make your little S's ski over to me. I, I made my little S's. I skied over to him. Then he went to the other side of the mountain. Don't, don't look down. Make your little S's ski over to me. Then he went to the other side of the mountain. And he got me down the mountain. Let me tell you about life. There's some hills. Can't get down by yourself. You need some friends. You need some Christian friends. You need some people who encourage you to hang in there. One of my best pastor friends, wife passed away and called me one day and said, uh, and sometimes when he would call, we'd just, we'd just cry. He'd want me to pray, and I, I'd just cry. You know. Matter of fact, you males, you need to have some other guy that you can cry with because life gets difficult. He called me one day and said, you know, Donna and I, we, we had 40 years of vacations, got married in college. Church just gave me three weeks off for vacation, and I don't know, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. Could, could you help me plan my vacation? So we helped him where we'd meet other pastor friends along the way on vacation. There's some things in life you need your church for, you need your friends for, you can't get down by yourself, people. And then, uh, I'm not going to get through path, so we're just going to go to the end. Okay. A stands for be authentic. Again, the world, the world's a Ponzi scheme. The world says you can be anything you want to be. You cannot be anything you want to be. I wanted to be shortstop for the Yankees. <laughs> Couldn't hit a curveball. I'm never going to be shortstop for the Yankees, all right? You cannot be what you want to be can only be what God designed you to be. You'll always be stressed out. You'll always be nervous trying to be somebody you're not. Remember Jesus? Remember when he washed the feet of his disciples? I used to think, why didn't the disciples wash their own stinking feet? I mean, haven't you, haven't you wondered that? Well, I know because the disciples are preachers. I'm around preachers all my life. When preachers get around other preachers, you know what they do? They try to impress other preachers. Well, this is what I did. This is how many we had in VBS. This is what I did. I did, you know, you know. You know what it said about Jesus? Knowing where he came from and where he was going, wash the feet of his disciples. If you know who you are, you don't have to impress people with what you do. You can serve out of who you are. I, I, don't, I don't preach like everybody else preaches. I, I, I don't. I'm a, I'm a psychologist. I, I preach the way God's given me 
the gift to preach. You see, I, I, I don't try to impress you with my Bible knowledge. I don't even know where Thyatira is in the Bible. You know, I don't really care. You know, I, I, I give you what God's given me, you see. And that way I can relax. Be who, you see, it's like creation. I mean, God's creation is you. God's creation is a cantaloupe. I mean, the cantaloupe seed comes out of the ground, it's going to be a cantaloupe. Watermelon seed comes out of the ground, it's going to be a watermelon. Now, that cantaloupe seed can say this. This is America. I can be anything I want to be. I don't want to be a cantaloupe. I want to be a watermelon. They get more publicity. They're bigger. They go to a lot more picnics. I am going to be a watermelon. And that cantaloupe seed can decide, I am going to watermelon training school. I'm going to learn the seven highly effective habits of watermelons. I'm going to be a purpose-driven watermelon. I'm going to find the seven highly effective habits of watermelons. I'm going to get some Joel Osteen books and be a highly anointed, favored, blessed watermelon. Highly anointed, favored, blessed watermelon. I'm going to get some subliminal tapes and play it underneath the ground while that cantaloupe seed sleeps. I'm going to play watermelon thoughts, watermelon thoughts, watermelon thoughts. I'm going to go to psychotherapy and get in touch with my inner child. Maybe my inner child was a watermelon at one time. You know, I'm going to go to some Hotbed, New Age, Santa Fe, some hotbed. I'm going to channel up some 400-year-old guru, let him sit bow-legged, naked, look at his navel, hold a crystal, and hum, watermelon thoughts, hum, watermelon thoughts. I'm going to go to a Tony Robbins seminar to walk on fire to prove I'm capable of being a watermelon. You can do all that. People do it all the time. When the cantaloupe seed comes out of the ground, what's it going to be? Big cantaloupe. It's going to be a sorry, no good, insecure, dysfunctional cantaloupe. Because <laughs> all you've done to it, be who God created you to be. You see, cantaloupes will win other cantaloupes to Jesus. Watermelons will be watermelon. You know, you, you may be a kumquat. You may be strange. I don't know, but there's some, there's some other people like you. And that's what God will use to connect with people. So be authentic. T stands for tell yourself every day why you're here. Why are you here? You're here to bless other people. That's why you're here. It all started with Abraham. God said, I'm going to call a man named Abraham. And through Abraham, I'm going to bless his family. And through Abraham's family, I'm going to bless the entire world. Because of Jesus, you're in that same covenant with Abraham. You're here to bless the world. People come to me all the time and say, what's my purpose in life? It's, it's easy. Bless. That's your purpose. To bless. Now, if you're not careful, you miss your purpose and you start to blast instead of bless. Matter of fact, the Bible says, even, even when you do evil, people, do, they're gonna, people are going to do evil out there. Even when people do evil against you or revile against you, you don't do evil back. You don't revile back, but contrawise. In other words, different than the way you want to react. Your Adam suit wants to get back at them. Your spirit suit says, bless them. And then God will bless you. See, you're not blessing people so they can bless you back. Some people will never be able to bless you back. I had an abscessed tooth one time. I was in so much pain, I was only thinking of myself. Only thinking of myself. There's some people out there in so much emotional pain, they can only think of themselves. And you may bless them, They'll never bless you back. But here's what God says. Don't worry. You're blessing them. I'll bless you back. I'm the one that'll bless you. And that takes all the pressure off your interaction with people because you're wanting them to bless you back. It isn't going to happen a lot of the time. Appreciate what you be authentic. Tell yourself why you're here. I, I, like, I like country music. <laughs> Anybody like country music in here? It's, some of it's pitiful, isn't it? Papa love mama, mama love men, mama's in the graveyard, papa's in the pen. It's pitiful. 
And my wife ran off with my best friend and I miss him. Remember that one? That wasn't good. There was a great country song out there years ago, though. Actually, it wasn't a great country song at all, but it had a great title. Song was pitiful, had a great title. You know what the title was? Well, I'm not going to tell you until I tell you this. There's only two powers in the world. There's the power of God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And they've chosen to change the world by blessing the world. There's another power, the power of Satan, the evil one, the accuser, the liar. And he wants to blast the world. One power chooses to bless, and one power chooses to blast. What's the name of that song? (laughs) Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Because our Father has chosen to change the world. And He's chosen to change the world by blessing the world. And if I watch you out there in the world and see whether you bless or whether you blast, I will know who's your daddy. Because our Father has chosen to change the world by blessing the world, and He's chosen to bless the world through us. Now, let's get to the end. I got to get to the end. I'm supposed to stop here. Uh, P A T H. H stands for heart. You have to know in your heart. Getting to heaven has nothing to do with redeeming your Adam suit. It'll make you have a better life down here, but it has nothing to do with you getting to heaven. You can never totally redeem your Adam suit. God's got to kill it to get into heaven. And if you're counting on your Adam suit, that gets so much pressure of trying to do this or trying to do that. You can't do it. That's why Jesus had to come. Let me give you the ABCs of how it all works. A stands for Adam. We all come from Uncle Adam. The reason you come from Uncle Adam, you're going to have two things happen to you. You're going to sin and you're going to die. That comes from Uncle Adam. B stands for battle. That means you're always in a battle because your Adam suit wants to feel better. It doesn't want to act better. Remember, it wants a pill. It doesn't want to plan. You're always in a battle with that Adam suit to try to live a good life down here, to have the things that God had in mind for you. It is a battle the whole time. And here's, here's what you have to understand. You cannot win the battle. You cannot win. You say, well, wait a minute. I'm doing pretty good. No. The Bible says even thinking. Some of you say, oh, I've never committed. To, well, even thinking. You, you cannot, your Adam suit's going to sin. It's just the way it is, you know. So the battle, you have a battle that you cannot win, and your Adam suit will eventually die. The wages of sin is death. But C stands for Christ. Christ came into this world to live the life you could never live, to conquer death. And the Bible says, when you trust Him with your heart, you get His righteousness. You get His righteousness. When God looks at you and you've accepted Christ, He doesn't see what you've done. He sees what He's done. And you get His righteousness. A, B, C, Christ. D stands for done. It's over. It's finished. You're you're in. You you have eternal life. All your sins have been forgiven. E stands for enjoy. Enjoy that life. Don't become a legalistic Pharisee and mad about everything and judging everybody. Enjoy the free gift of amazing grace. And you should have some laughter in your heart because of that. You don't have to do anything else. The better you do down here just means the better life you're going to have down here. But eventually, your Adam suit is going to die. Death runs in my family. I think it runs in yours. I mean, you're going to die. You pretty much come in this world, no teeth, no hair, no bladder control. That's pretty much how you're going out. You're going to die. One day you're a peacock. The next day you're feathers. You're going to die. All of us are. But enjoy the fact 
that your body dies, but in Christ you live. You live. A, B, C, D, E. I'm not going through the whole alphabet, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> F stands for faith. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But by faith, we trust Christ alone to get us into God's heaven. Faith, for me, I always have to think of it this way. Faith means forgetting Adam. I trust him, Jesus. You can't count on your Adam suit. You can't even live long. But you trust him. Jesus says that I will be able to get you in to God's heaven. Now, what does that mean for us that are Christians? That means we're the light. We're the light where other people will see our Jesus. This guy was in a small plane. He's trying to get to a certain location, dark night, and he realized something's wrong. Something's desperately wrong. Fuel gauge is almost down to empty. And he said, I thought the guy filled it up at the airport. It's dark. It's almost on empty. He's got a friend with him. He says, we can't make it. We can't make it to the city airport. And the friend says, what, what are we going to do? He says, well, I'm trying to get in contact. I got a friend of mine, local airport. We're only like 10 miles away, but it's local and it's dark. But if I can get him out there and I can get him to put that pickup on the runway with those lights, we can come right over that truck and we can land on the runway. We'll be able to see it. He gets in touch with his friend. He says, get there as quick as you can. Friend lives a little ways from the airport, so they're circling in the dark, circling in the dark. Where is he? Circling in the dark, almost, almost running out of gas. And all of a sudden, they see the lights flick, the lights flick, and then they straight beam down the runway. And he comes in over that truck and lands. Let me tell you, my friend, there's a lot of people out there. They're circling in the dark, and they need a little bit of light to find Jesus. And it only will come from you, because you're the one that can make that connection, which eventually will lead to conviction, and they will see that Jesus Christ it's the greatest gift that's ever been given. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. Before that, I'd just like to pray for you. Father, I don't know the needs of the people, but you do. Some just may come and kneel at the altar and say, God, I, I, I forgot about my light. I, it's just grown a little dim, and I need to brighten it up. I, I need to be that person that people are attracted to Jesus because of me. Others, maybe there's someone here that's never trusted Christ alone. Oh, you come to church, but you're counting on your Adam suit. You're counting on you're doing better. <laughs> but deep down, you know that you're a sinner. You know that you can never get it together totally. And you know one day that Adam suit's going to die. But today, Lord, I pray that that person would believe that all you ever wanted was a family, and you want to include them in your family. Give them the faith to believe in Jesus today. Others may have other needs I don't know about, Lord, but you do. And I know there's just something about coming to this altar. Start anew to be the person you want them to be. Thank you for what you're going to do in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastors will be down front or encouragers. Let's stand. You come if God's spoken to you.